When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. We made it through a bank holiday weekend with no rain offs and plenty of action to look back on. I'm Ian Brannan. Joining me this week to look over the big stories is Eastbourne and Swindon co-promoter. It's Lee Kilby. There was a bank holiday double header for the Aces and the Panthers and another max for Dan Bewley. Learn from today's meeting, you know, we, we came on strong towards the end, so just keep that going and... Uh... You know, hopefully get a win away. We'll also hear from Hans Anderson. Another thumping win for Wolves, this time against Ipswich. We'll hear from team boss Peter Adams. I was uh, surprised, not that we won, but by the, the margin of victory. In the championship, it was all square between Edinburgh and Redcar twice. We'll chat to Charles Wright, the Bears team boss Jade Mudgeway, and the Monarchs duo of Richie Worrell and Sam Masters. And in the National Development League, good win for Leicester against Armadale. The thoughts of Dave Howard and Nathan Greaves. All to come on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along then. Lots to talk about from the weekend just gone. And as we head into another week of British Speedway, there is plenty of action lined up and lots to get excited about. And to, to talk through all that action, somebody who knows the sport very well from various angles, because not only from a commercial point of view, but uh, also as a co-promoter and growing up around the sport as well as the son of one of Swindon's greatest ever riders, legendary Bob Kilby. Please say Lee Kilby. Kilby joins us and um, it's great to have you along Lee thanks for joining us and uh, lots to talk through my pleasure no problem at all um, well, we'll start with just a, a little bit about uh, Speedway in general first up, because since our last episode, it's been announced that uh, Somerset will not be returning to the tapes. Um, the Speedway in Somerset is no more. The Hancock family, um, unfortunately, unable to proceed any further with the sport there. They um, can't make ends meet financially with it. Um, a huge loss to Speedway, firstly, isn't it, that uh, that this track has gone? And, and, uh, and it was a fantastic venue that so many people have enjoyed great nights at you know obviously we knew we all we all felt something was going on there when uh, it was announced that the uh, the clubhouse there had been sold um but they, they've graced every division of, of the sport you know they've had some of the best riders there as well and and the racing was was superb there all the time so it is a big big loss and it'd be a real shame you know from a personal a personal angle that swindon somerset fixture and vice versa was always really good and um it's really it's really sad it'll be a, it'll be a shame to see the, the sport go there and a focal point for people going before the um, before the Grand Prix, of course, as well, with the the pairs being staged there for many years. It was a uh, one of the key parts of the, the Speedway calendar, really, of that big weekend. Yeah, and they did they did that brilliantly every time. I went to a, a, quite a few of those meetings, and always, always well presented. They run a really good meeting, really good show down there. And like you say, how many how many thousands of us have taken that meeting in around that Cardiff weekend? And it'll be it'll be yeah, it makes Cardiff slightly different now because for those of us that used to take that meeting in, because we won't have that that luxury. Obviously, the, the pairs eventually, I mean, next year we'll go back somewhere else, um, and we'll just have to wait and see how that develops. But yeah, it is. It's it's a real shame, and I feel for everybody connected with the club there. 
Swindon's probably uh, the, the next track on the way to Cardiff. Would that be something you'd be interested in in staging if if it was available and, and everything came right? Oh, me most definitely a conversation we would we would like to have. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Because again, it just ticks that box of location and and and, and people travelling down and through across to across to Cardiff. Um, so yeah, all, all being well, you know, we'll we'll we we will probably be uh, discussing that later in the year. Myself, Alan Rossiter, Terry Russell, and, and Steve Park, and and we'll see what we can see what, what we can come up with. But that would be a, it would be a great great thing that. And what is the situation with Swindon at the moment? This work is ongoing. You've you're not riding this year. Just tell us a little bit about that decision to to not go ahead and and where things are at because with the closure of Somerset. Um, it's natural, I suppose, that some fans are maybe starting to get a little bit twitchy looking at, at, at Swindon and hoping the same doesn't happen there. Yeah, you read a lot, don't you? I, I read a lot online, and and again, a lot. I get, and I understand where people are coming from with it. You know, people are are ultimately disappointed that the stadium hasn't been done yet, and that and that's where a lot of the frustrations come from, and that leads to you know that leads to some moans and groans and some some feelings that it's never going to happen. But we 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 you know the, the work was announced. We we took the, we took the year out initially um, because of the stadium development primarily. Um, but as a, as a management team, we just weren't sure how the year was going to go in terms of COVID and what the restrictions were going to allow, uh, whether we could use the bars at Swindon. I mean, we have we have a, <clears throat> uh, the Legends Lounge hospitality suite, which, you know, is is is, is, is a great puller for us. And then we get a, a busy bar up there with lots of hospitality. And if we couldn't use that, it just meant that we would lose part of our sponsorship angle um, and, 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 you know, a nice chunk of income that comes into the club. So it was you know, for, for the club's long-term future I think it was a sensible call it's disappointing for us all you know most definitely and it still is even though I'm involved elsewhere you know not having Swindon to, to, to run support and, and cheer on is, is difficult and so I can feel where our fans are, are coming from with that um, but we've we've been told that the work will commence in the summer we've heard um, uh, numerous rumblings and rumours as things going on within the stadium now people are attending with with plans and bits and bobs so yeah we, we, we're just we're just waiting on news the same as everybody else is obviously we're, we, we rent the stadium on meeting nights so we don't have any say over what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. But, but I can assure the fans, believe believe you me, as soon as we have any any positive um, um, uh, news on it, it will be we'll be passing it over. But we're planning for next year. Myself and Roscoe are speaking every week. We're good friends anyway. But we're we're chatting about the stadium and the team and what we could do next year. Um, so we're 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 positive. We're positive. The glass is definitely half full, and we're we're we're, we're planning for when we get the thumbs up, and we'll be we're looking for next year. And seeing the how things have panned out now, because when you're making that decision, it was a little bit of an unknown, I suppose. Seeing maybe a little bit more what's in the envelope and, and how clubs are uh, going now and racing's underway, it, was it the right decision to do what you've done, do you think? I think we would stand by it, yeah. It's obviously because I am involved at Eastbourne, I've seen what's got to go into getting these meetings running, the work that goes in and... and I've, again, you hear, you hear you hear a little you know moans here and there about clubs and what they've been able to put on and the the, the the limitations within the stadiums. But the work that has gone in from every club to get racing at their respective tracks is immense. I can't tell people how much work goes into it. Um, and you're, you're under the microscope in terms of councils watching what you're doing and making sure that you're you're following protocols. So it's a big big decision to run Speedway and. Ultimately, I think because of the stadium development, there was two two angles for Swindon not to run. And that was the, the, the current restrictions and situation we're in across across the world, across the country um, and, and the stadium. So I think just taking that that back step 
will ultimately have, have, have you know when the stadium comes back secured our long-term future and that was the key for us really and it was it was tough it was a tough decision that you know we're on a zoom call as a management team and 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 you know me, me and me and me and roscoe live it through and through and when we found out we were we were extremely disappointed but like you says this it was the right thing for, for all concerned at the club i think Okay, well, everybody wishes you all the best for the uh, for the upcoming next year, of course, and, and mention there that might be a, there might be a possibility of a pairs event into the mix as well, or, or something like that. Uh, yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, <laughs> that would be good. And when we should mention too that obviously you've grown up completely absorbed in Speedway uh, as the son of one of Swindon's greatest ever riders, a rider that people still talk about today, Bob Kilby. Uh, There's a fantastic education and introduction to to the sport that now has uh, taken over your life as well. Yeah, uh, I was saying to somebody, um, I was chatting with Nigel Pearson about it again last week and saying, you know, to, to have lived with Speedway every second of every day for my whole life, to then not have it, was, was was hugely difficult last year. It was. It was you know you'd lost a lot, like you'd lost the memory of family, and it's been there. I can't remember a time in my life where there wasn't Speedway and and just everything that surrounded Dad in Swindon. He was he was such a star down there. Everybody liked him. Um, you couldn't you couldn't walk around the town centre back then in the late seventies, early eighties without people stopping him in the town centre or at the shopping centre. It was incredible, really. It, it kind of passed me by as a youngster just how good and how popular he was. And um, it's, it's it's amazing he doesn't, you know, not a day passes where someone doesn't mention him or recall a story or somebody will send me a picture. So I'm, I'm blessed to have had such a, a, fan, a fantastic um, a fantastic dad who was, you know, an awesome speedway rider. And I think if you had the opportunity to come back, he'd do exactly the same again. Some people say he didn't really achieve everything that he should have done, but he wouldn't do anything different. He had an incredible time and, and has left a, a wonderful legacy. Everybody remembers him fondly. So it's great. And it's just instilled in me, my two sons, Max and Samuel, they love the sport they travel around with me wherever they can and and it just goes down through the generations and there's so many so many families and and stories like that up and down the country it's great yeah it, it does seem to be definitely a family sport you find that it gets in the family and and, and sticks there doesn't it it's uh it, it... yeah absolutely we had a we had a guy that that, that that sponsored the meeting at eastbourne versus paul and it was his 80th birthday and he was there with his daughter and his grandchildren and it's lovely to see that and and you know we that's how we we hope that keeps on getting passed down through the generations you know and i keep you know saying to these people if you've got somebody that's never been before you know bring them along give me a shout we're more than welcome to, to come along and experience it and let's get some new people hooked into the sport because once it gets you it certainly gets you on to business then for this week and it was a lunchtime start bank holiday Monday at the National Speedway Stadium for Bellevue Aces versus the Peterborough Panthers an exciting match a close match another maximum for Dan Bewley and uh, it came right down to the very end and it was a 45-all draw from the first part of that fixture the return leg was later on in the day but here's Nigel Pearson calling Heat 13 at the National Speedway Stadium Heat number 13 it is then with Brady Kurtz going off the inside side in red for Bellevue, gate two in white is Bianca Pedersen, very impressive so far today for Peterborough, gate three in blue is Charles Wright for Bellevue has been fairly disappointing by his own high standards and Chris Bomber-Harris is going off the outside gate, one and three for Bellevue here, two and four for Peterborough, it's Peterborough who lead by four with three races to go, heat 13 crucial race, 
and then a wee first time of asking. And Brady Kurtz has hit that first turn, but Bjarni Pedersen tries a really clever switch up the inside, but down the back straight, the Bellevue boys are able to pass Pedersen. Great move from Brady Kurtz and Charles Wright. Wright has now got to hold the inside run because he's got Bjarni Pedersen and Chris Harris all over him. Pedersen inside again. The lead is with Kurtz. He's gone. Charles Wright hanging on for second spot. This would level this meeting with two races to go at 39 all. The lead going into lap three now is with Brady Kurtz, Charles Wright second, Bjarne Pedersen third, and the man in the back is Chris Harris. And I've got to tell you, Brady Kurtz is well clear here. It looks like he's riding a rocket ship as he enters the final lap. And with his teammate and partner, Charles Wright, behind him, it looks like Bellevue are going to level this match up with two races to go. A classic Premiership showdown here. Here, round to the line, comes Brady Kurtz of Bellevue, followed home by Charles Wright. That's a huge 5-1 for Bellevue, and it now means that with two races to go, it's Bellevue 39, Peterborough 39. And it ended all square, 45 all, but the Bellevue Aces needed a 5-1 in Heat 15 to uh, fend off a defeat against the Peterborough Panthers. In that heat was Brady Kurtz and Dan Bewley. They did the business with that final heat, 5-1. And Dan Bewley got himself a maximum and a chance to chat to Dave Rowe as well. What a day for the lad. Yeah, you know, good meeting for me today, but um, you know we got a draw, so hopefully we can just do a little bit better tonight at Peterborough. But uh, yeah, real cool meeting again for me. Uh, heat 15 with Brady was a lot of fun. Tight first lap, but um, you know we got a 5-1 for the draw, so good end to the meeting. Very tight first lap when Bjarne Pedersen came through and looked like he might upset everyone, but you and Brady went either side. Yeah, he had a good go, and uh, you know we, I think, oh, I think two, two, maybe three of us hit the fence on the back straight, but um, we came out with a 5-1, so uh, <coughs> can't complain. Do you think the team as a whole got a bit caught out sometimes in a, a morning after early afternoon meeting? The track is very different. Did that catch a few out? Do you think? Yeah, maybe, you know, with the sun, they put a lot of water down, but, um, you know, Peterborough, you know, their riders rode real good, so you can't take it away from them. Uh, we've just got to do a bit better tonight. We've got to say well done for yesterday to go to an away track. I know you had a good mission there at the end of last season, but to go there and beat Dudek and other experienced riders, Zagar and Frick and so on, to get a maximum there, that's a, another massive breakthrough for you. Yeah, it was cool, and uh, I really like that track, and it was good because last season it was real grippy and raining, and... Yesterday it was like concrete slick, so uh, you know, real cool feeling to get a maximum and uh, another one today to top it off. Do you get any time to sleep? I mean, you oh, straight off to Peterborough now for, for, for the, tonight's meeting. Yeah, a few hours last night, so <laughs> we're all good. All good for tonight then. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to Peterborough, so uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, learn from today's meeting. You know, we, we came on strong towards the end, so just keep that going and uh, you know, hopefully get a win away. Well done, Doug. Great to see you so well. Thank you. Thank well you. He's absolutely on a mission, is uh, Dan Bewley at the moment. Maximum in Poland, um, 15 in that one, and then no spoiler alerts, but uh, he scored 14 in the return leg later in the day, dropping just that one point through the course of, uh, of of the last, what, 48 hours or so. Um, terrific stuff. And, and the Bellevue Ace is off to a terrific start in the league as well, Lee. Really strong. And, and, and again, when you think Dan's Dan's plane hopping, like you say, and he's rushing in last minute, to, to turn that, to turn those points around when you're living that life, that's that's good going, you know, because a lot of riders like to get to the track early, set up, prepare, be completely in control. You know, Dan's obviously, you know, no problem jumping out of the van, into the pits, onto the bike, and away he goes. But that's an awesome return from him. And we want it from a GB perspective. We really 
want to see that. That's great to see him doing that. Um, but like across across the across the whole of the Premiership, I just think it's going to be tight. I think all teams are, are relatively. I think there's going to be a few surprises, as I'm sure we'll talk about with Wolverhampton. You know, the score they'll score against Ipswich in a moment. But yeah, that was a, a, there was no surprise to see Bellevue go to Peterborough and win for me. In the same way, there was no surprise to see Peterborough go up to Bellevue and get a draw. So I think it's going to be one of those seasons, which ultimately at the start of the year when myself and Roscoe were in the room with all the Premiership promoters, that's what we wanted. We wanted to have a really close division this year with close meetings, um, you know, and hopefully taking the season to the wire. It wasn't long to wait for the chance to have another go then for the two teams. Back to the East of England arena for Peterborough Panthers against the Bellevue Aces. It finished Peterborough 40, Bellevue 50. Top scoring for the Panthers in the evening session, though, was Hans Anderson. He's been chatting to Dave Rowe. It would have been nice to start the season off with a win, especially the performance the team put in uh, this um, morning meeting away at Bellevue. But again, uh, you got to remember... Not all of us has really raced the bikes for nearly two years, so I mean myself included. So just getting more and more laps in, it's nicer. When you're racing someone like Dan Bewley, who is really the hottest thing in the sport at the moment, he's fantastic. You had to really ride defensive, and he just got you on the line in one. Yeah, I know. You know, I don't mind losing to Dan. The way he's riding, he's a fair rider, you know, and he's just showing pure class at the moment. And obviously, it would have been nice to get one over him, but you know. He's, he's a man on fire at the moment and the man to beat, you know, he maxed out in Poland yesterday as well, maxed out at Bellevue, so yeah, it's not too bad to lose to him, but I gave him a good run. Obviously more to come from this Panthers team because it was a good draw this morning and clearly Biani's not going to score zero every home meeting, or so we certainly hope not. Nah, uh, again, uh, there's a lot of new things Biani, I had a new engine today which he hasn't tried before and there's also this tyre issue. Um, some might not... Uh, feel the difference but like I personally I feel a big difference with these tyres compared to what we used in the past it's a different way of setting the bike up but you know it's something we we're just learning every meeting We'll come on to the tyres in a moment, uh, Lee, but looking at the Peterborough Panthers lineup, uh, no scores for Bjarne Pedersen and Jordan Palin in this particular fixture, which is surely not something that's going to continue that way. Um, but um, on the other hand, one of their star men was uh, Ulrich Ostergaard, and what an experienced rider to have at reserve in your team. Yeah, most definitely. And, 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 and again, we, we always say, you know, if you can find that reserve rider that can get you those big points... Um, you know that's 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 the key to getting results in in meetings, and I think what we'll, what we'll find is a lot of a lot of rotation. Obviously, with the, when the, when the averages come out, there'll be riders jumping from the reserve up into the main body, and for those teams that have got that that little bit of strength in the middle order that will be dropping down into the reserves, that is when you you really motor as a team because no matter what what heat you look at, you tend to find somebody somebody strong in your reserve berth. Um, and again, just a just a shout out, like you say, to the likes of Geordie Palin, who's who's taken a big step up there. This year, he's going to need time. All those boys are going to need time to settle in, and I don't think there's 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 mass expectation on them. You know, I think promoters are putting their arms around them and saying, "Look, you deliver what you can." You know, this is a learning experience for you, um, and, and and I'm sure that's what what Geordie's getting there because he's got everything in the tank to to do well, and I'm sure all the other British boys at that level are going to be getting the same support. Tyres seem to be a theme that uh, riders are mentioning a little bit more this season because a different tyre being used in British Speedway. Riders saying that they're not entirely 
set up with it just yet. From your experience of, of Eastbourne so far, has this been something that's been mentioned by riders as well with you? I've been, we've had two meetings so far. We've had the Eagles against Pirates and then we were, we were away at Kent yesterday with the Seagulls. And to be fair, uh, not one of our boys to that point, to, to, when I've been in earshot, have mentioned the tyres. I've had conversations with other riders and, and, and they've, they've expressed a bit of concern, more along the lines that it's going to take a little while to get used to them rather than, you know, that they're a problem tyre. I think it's just going to take riders a little while to, to understand the tyre and to to know to know where they're at with it. But we've we've had nothing we've had nothing from from the Eastbourne angle, you know, as yet, which is positive. But like you say, I've I've had conversations with a few others that have that have, that have raised it, you know. But but hopefully the riders can you know f- figure it out and uh, it, it won't be an issue. Ultimately, four points going back to the Bellevue Aces after the second part of that bank holiday double header. Bellevue's director of Speedway is Mark Lemon, and he's been speaking with Dave Rowe after dropping points at home, which is probably frustrating to come here and get the big four makes it a decent day's work, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you always target sort of trying to pick points up on the road because that's the key to sort of get to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, very frustrating this, this morning. Obviously, you know, the boys didn't get off to the best start, and we'll sort of, you know, sort of, you know fighting away, sort of trying to claw back the, the points um, and it was quite difficult, you know, but the, the Peterborough Panthers were quite tenacious uh, this morning when they, they, they kicked off you know, in fine form. You know, obviously they're fresh out of the box, you know, with their first meeting, so they certainly were eager and it showed. Um, but yeah, I'm really impressed with the boys, the way they sort of buckled down and went, you know, we had, a, we had a couple of sort of guys that just didn't quite, you know, perform to their best ability and it's always difficult when you're making changes and, you know, switching riders around but uh, sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do. You'll keep being asked questions about Dan Beauty because he is the talk of the sport at the moment with his maximum yesterday he's made the SEC and he's got 29 points out of 30 today the only point he dropped was when he came for 15 metres. Yeah obviously he got a bit uh, eager there in that uh, uh, heat three but um, yeah, I had, it's, it's nice when a guy's on form like that you can kind of rely on uh, it doesn't always pan out that way but yeah like Dan you know it's funny like Two, two years ago when we, we came here after he had those horrendous uh, injuries and like his very first meeting back was here and under lights and you know, I, I remember the conversation and how he felt and you know he didn't score anything that particular night and to, to where we are today is just you know it's an amazing sort of turnaround and fortunes for him and he's worked bloody hard for it. Big shout for your two reserves to both score eight paid nine paid ten on an away track that's give you real strength in depth. Yeah, I think you saw it this morning when Ostergaard, he scored 11 plus one and was probably the the, fun, you know, the, the key figure for the Panthers this morning you know, to get them you know, the draw. Um, I guess our boys return the favour tonight. I don't know if you get the chance to enjoy the racing as a team manager, but as a spectacle to have the sport back in front of a big crowd again here this evening, it's what we've all been waiting for and it's fantastic to watch. Absolutely. I mean, like last year we did those few meetings uh, behind the closed doors and it was a really eerie feeling. Um, and I'll tell you what, we've missed the fans and it's so good and so nice to have them, you know, cheering and clapping and getting excited, and especially when we, even when we clinched the draw and Heat 15 today, you know, that the, they, you know, the, the limited numbers that were there was, you know, static and, you know, pretty much lifted the roof of the stadium. Great stuff, Mark. Thank you. Well done. Elsewhere in the Premiership then, a big win for Wolves, their second big win actually of the last week as they demolished the Ipswich Witches 62-28. Sam Masters top scoring with 13 plus two. That doesn't tell the whole story though. There were three paid maximums for Peter Adams. I can't imagine he's too happy about that. Uh, let's hear from the Wolves boss now. Well, Peter, to back up the win and the performance at Kingsley with something like that tonight, uh, got to be delighted with the way the boys have started this season. Yeah, we're thrilled, obviously. You know, They all look very sharp, they're very hungry and um, 
We saw, obviously, um, Kingsland's first home match. They lost at home to Ipswich, so, we, you know, we went there expecting to uh, push them close at least. So I was uh, surprised, not that we won, but by the, the margin of victory. And um, I think the sentiment's the same tonight. You know, we expected a strong challenge from Ipswich, but never materialised. Yeah, what pleased you most about tonight's performance? Um, well, that's a hard question. <laughs> I don't know, you know. I mean, they, they were just terrific, weren't they, from start to finish, and the track suited them down to the ground. Track staff have done a fantastic job, and they're all comfortable on the track, and they're hungry for points, as you can see. Yeah, very early days, obviously, but I know in your, the season preview you said you expected big things from Nick Morris this year, um, and a, a great maximum. Certainly looked a, a totally different rider to the one we saw in 2019. Yeah, obviously he was carrying, you know, some serious injuries in that season and we never saw the best of him, but he's determined to have a good year this year and I thought he rode excellently. I, I wouldn't want to single him out because it was a complete team performance with Sam as maximum and Luke Beck as first maximum for all. So, huge number of positives to take from this, but um, as you say, it's very early days and we certainly ain't getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, back-to-back fixtures against uh, Sheffield coming up now. Um, obviously being tipped as one of the one of the favourites as well. And like you say, newcomers to the Premiership. Looking forward to going to Alderton on Thursday night? Yeah, I've got to find it first. I ain't been there for nearly 30 years. The last time I was there was uh, a challenge match where Nikolai Clint rode for us and broke his shoulder in a crash with Ricky Ashworth. So... I hope nothing like that happens this time, obviously, and, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, you need to stick in your sat-nav, Peter. Um, A61, Peniston Road, Sheffield, just near to the Hillsborough football ground, and you'll be fine. You'll find Sheffield easy enough. Peter Adams there speaking with Ryan Guest following that huge thumping of the Ipswich Witches. Um, Monmore is a tricky track, isn't it, Lee Kilby, who's uh, with us in this episode, and uh, it's sort of track that can undo the best of rider on its day. Yeah, and I don't think it matters how many times you race there. Well, I think, again, when you haven't been on the bike and you haven't done that many meetings, when you go somewhere like Wolverhampton, unless it's one of your, you know, your preferred favourite tracks, it can catch you out. And I never, I for one, never saw saw that scoreline. I thought it would be a lot closer than that. Uh, Wolves, Wolves are one of my tips for the top this year. I think they've 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 got they've built their team really really well. And, and like we were saying earlier, I think they've got rotation from reserves into the team and and down again. But that, that really was a surprise result. But obviously, you know, the the, the track suited the the you know the Wolves on the night, and they did extremely well. Let's get a bit of an Ipswich Witches perspective on things then. The team boss, Richie Hawkins, has been speaking to Ryan Guest. Yeah, it was a, you know, we, we wasn't, wasn't a great performance. We were um, slow out the gate, um, which we haven't been. We've been, been uh, very good for the first three meetings. And then when we did get in a good position, we were making mistakes. So it's one to uh, put down for experience. Still, you know, the boys should have learnt a lot tonight. So... We'll be back here later on in the year and, you know, it's certainly not, you know, nothing's won and lost yet. Yeah, I was going to say, how important is it to, to look at the bigger picture to, to how well you have started the season in general? Oh, yeah, it's fine, you know, it's not a disaster. It's, um, yeah, like I say, I've, you know, we're going to need to come back here. Um, so we need to take a lot of learning experience from this. It's probably set a bit of a precedent that we need to, how good we need to be um, or need to improve. So, um yeah, it's not, you know, it's, uh, you know, not good good to get a hammering like that at all. But um, we can certainly take positives and um, as long as we win Thursday, then it's OK. 
Yeah, like you say, positives uh, drew Kemp Road really well. Just looking at uh, Jake Adelman and Jordan Stewart, obviously they've came into the, the, the team late on and uh, in particular they struggled here tonight. Yeah, I think, you know, really happy with Drew because if you get a last in heat two, to come back from that is very tough, especially for a young lad and he's come back and then had three seconds. So, um, yeah, extremely happy with him. Uh, I think, to be fair, Jake had just one of them really I don't think he was far off being very good positions in his first couple of rides um, just kind of just got squeezed out and then you know it's just turned into a real rough night um, Jordan's never been here and rode the place before and it's obviously a technical track so for him he looked a lot better in his third ride um, gained a lot of knowledge and you know he's learning the tracks again which is really you know it's so hard when you've never even rode a place before your first time out especially at the start of the season where you're a bit cold and, and um, so you know I think Jordy's improving during meetings so you know I think he's he go, he'll go okay Thursday and the perfect response obviously would be on uh, on Thursday getting another derby victory over Kings Lynn um, who would now of course include former which uh, Richard Lawson yeah they got I mean to be fair Kings Lynn look overall they're not a great team but Round Ipswich, I think they could be a very good team because they've got a, a group of riders um, that go well at Ipswich. Um, so with a lot of experience at Ipswich, so you know, I think if we we slack off slightly, we'll get punished. So you know, I know it's a, a local derby as well, but I think just overall we need to win firstly. We need to get ourselves back in winning ways. But if we let our standards slip, they'll beat us. Um, so you know, we're going to have to be on top of our game. And thanks for talking to us, Richard. No worries, man. Richie Hawkins speaking to Ryan Guest following that big defeat against Wolves. And a bit of a surprise, really, for everybody, that. And it's, it's surely not how things are going to pan out for Ipswich. We know they, they've got more in their locker. It was just a bad day at the office. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I, I I thought it would be a close run thing there. As I as I think a lot of meetings will, I didn't I didn't expect to see that scoreline, and I and I don't expect to see it very often. Really, I think it'll be much more like the Peterborough Bellevue fixtures. Um, but again, it's it's one of those when you when everybody fires, everyone fires, and you get that that type of result. And all it takes is for two or three of your you know your main body to not perform. I know Danny got Danny King got nine plus one for them and top scored. Um, but when you look through their team at what's been going on at the other tracks you know those balls have been have been coming in with a lot higher scores um so it's 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 it's, it's one of those you're always going to get them there's always going to be that anomaly result that, that throws everybody off and and that this week was was, was most definitely the ass there was a particular incident in heat 13 which saw the three-time world champion jason crump crash quite spectacularly i think he was on ben three of uh, one of the laps and um the bike reared up um, he somersaulted across the track. Luckily, the other riders managed to avoid him. If you see the footage, they did a great job uh, getting their bikes out of the way. And experienced riders in that heat as well, including Danny King, Rory Schlein and Sam Masters. Um, sadly, Jason Crump has uh, been confirmed to be injured and he's going to be out of Speedway for a few weeks. He's got at least five broken ribs. So uh, he's currently in hospital. Our very best wishes to Jason Crump for a speedy recovery and we'll to see him back in British Speedway before not too long. 
As far as the Wolverhampton Wolves are concerned, their next trip takes them to South Yorkshire. As Peter Adams mentioned, he's going to be looking up on the map where Sheffield is because he's not been there for so long. And this is going to be a tasty clash though, isn't it? Because a big difference in terms of the the size of the track to what um, Wolves are probably used to riding. But the Wolves riders are going to be no strangers to the Ollerton circuit because many have ridden there in the past. Yeah, and you, you, know, you can't get two tracks. You can't get two tracks further away from each other in terms of the shape and size and, and, and riding style. So it'd be interesting to see them going up there, especially on the back of that that win win at home against Ipswich. Um, but but I think we were all excited about visiting Sheffield because you know from a Swindon perspective we were we were looking forward to that because we haven't done it for so long. And I think all the all those teams will feel the same. You'd like to think the riders will be okay because you know, a lot of the riders are doubling up, so they'll have had a visit there in the in the Championship over the last few years. Um, but it'd be interesting, really interesting to see these guys going up there. And I think it benefits everybody to have a, a track like like Sheffield and a club like Sheffield in the top division. And Sheffield, of course, um, picking up a, a, a couple of the Swindon uh, riders who who weren't able to uh, take their place, particularly Troy Batchelor, of course, um, who's racing there this season. But um, as yet, really to live up to his, his reputation for Sheffield. He had such a good year with Swindon last year. He really did. He was he often didn't get the, uh, the, the the plaudits and the and the credit he deserved last year because because the team was so uh, last keep saying last year 2019 because the team was so strong at Swindon with with Jason and Troy Tobias Rasmus Adam it was a, it was a it was a really strong team we had and um, I think Troy he'll he'll get there he'll get used to that he'll get used to the when he's he's been with Swindon for a few years now on and off and it's it's almost his English home track for sure. And when you have that change, you know, that you didn't necessarily want, sometimes it does take you a little while to, to get used to the switch and the use of the change. And it's not just the track and the, the team you're racing against. It's everything, you know, it's your team manager, it's the club itself, it's the drive there, it's everything. So we, we know we know what Troy's capable of and he will, he will most definitely come good at, at Sheffield. There's no question about that. And, and having Adam there alongside him is obviously going to be a, a, a big bonus because that is a little bit of a, a little bit of home, if we, we can call it that, from Swindon. Yeah, and um, the, the the rider I think that people are most excited about too with Sheffield is Jack Holder, who um, was unable to make the most recent fixture because of uh, problems with international travel. Um, I think mainly he couldn't get back rather than he couldn't get here. That was the the, the issue. But um, when he's, as we've seen in the in the fixture that, is it, that he has ridden for for Sheffield, particularly the one at Bellevue, that you know he is going to be a frightening talent really as the season goes on he absolutely is and i think we've we've seen that progression from 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 jack over the last few years and um, and we saw it at paul you could see a difference in his riding the way that he's attacking the track and you know the the more action you can get over in poland as well i think is you know that 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 makes you raise your bar and I think he could be the he could be one of the outstanding riders of the of the, of the Premiership this year, no question at all. He's got he's got everything in the tank, and a lot of people feel he can he can follow Chris and and you know get right follow Big Brother and get right to the top. And I don't think I don't think I would I would question that in any way because I think he's got what it takes. He's got the right mentality, you know. He's got the right backing and support. And and again, while he's uh while he's at uh, Sheffield in the UK, he's got he's got a great club behind him. So um, Sheffield v Wolves on Thursday and then the return fixture on Monday next week um, back at Monmore Green. Um, the other fixture on Thursday is, uh, well, it's, it's the Old Farm Derby, the return already. Um, doesn't seem two minutes since uh, Kingsland versus Ipswich and already it's Ipswich versus Kingsland on Thursday night back at Foxhall. Kingsland, of course, making a key change. Um, Craig Cook is out. Richard Lawson is in, which was quite a big surprise, I think, to, to many fans for 
such a big change at this stage in the season? I don't think anybody anybody would have seen that come in. It certainly wasn't one that that that, that I saw come in. In in respect of we know what Craig can do. You know when Craig's riding, he's riding well. He's 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 phenomenal. Um, and to score 11 points in his opening meetings was a was a great return. And and I've spoken to a couple of people close to to Craig. And in that second meeting, the setup he just couldn't find it. And you know the track possibly didn't 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 suit him too much that night. And yeah, when the when the news came out, it was a, it was a bit of a shocker. Um, it really was. And some sometimes I think a rider ultimately a, a breakaway from a, a club can do them good and you know they, they they find their feet again and they go again and and we can only hope Craig will do that in that in that top division um but I've seen very close hand already this year what what Richard Lawson is capable of with with Eastbourne whether it just be from a practice perspective or a racing perspective and uh, he's he's going to be a good signing for them I've got no doubt about that at all and uh, Ipswich off the back of that defeat against Wolves they'll be looking to put that right and with a with a strong performance against Kings Lynn there's no better way to correct the record is there no, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. There is no better meeting to go into um, than the, when you've had a heavy defeat to come into that that derby fixture and and that 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 that, that, that local angle really really does edge it up. And I know the crowd all get fully behind it. And 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 it's special it's special meetings when you get those derbies. They really are. And uh, they'll be they'll be they'll be wanting that. I would imagine that meeting to come as quick as it possibly can. So uh, that's uh, Ipswich versus Kings Lynn, Sheffield versus Wolverhampton next in the Premiership. And looking ahead to about the next Monday, it's going to be Bellevue versus Ipswich, Peterborough versus Kings Lynn, and Wolves versus Sheffield. I think we've covered all those teams already. So those are the fixtures for next Monday. Next, we're turning our attention to the Championship, and we'll kick off by looking at Birmingham, who are taking on Redcar later on this week. And of course, one of the clubs that Lee Kilby is involved in. That's all coming next. We'll hear from Eric Riss soon. No brakes, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan and joining me in this episode this week is Lee Kilby, who's co-promoter at the Eastbourne Eagles, Eastbourne Seagulls, and uh, also at Swindon and is involved in the commercial side, helping out at the Birmingham Brummies. I'm going to turn our attention to the Brummies now because they're in action this week against Redcar at Perry Bar, but got their season off to a great start with a trip up to Berwick a week or so ago and a great way to get your campaign underway there, Lee. Yeah, they, we, me and, me and um, uh, David Mason were in, were in comms the night that, that the guys were up at Berwick and uh, ebbed and flowed and, and they kept they kept on the coattails early on of, of Berwick and then just seemed to turn it around and, and, the, and bringing the, the likes of Scotty into guests, Scotty Nichols into guests is, is, is class, you know, you know what you're going to get from Scott. And it was a, it was a great result. I mean, you know, David, David Mason was like, wow, I, I didn't really see that, that result coming. So it's a great start for them. And, and, and now back to back to, to Perry Bar. Um, Eric in the team is going to be excellent for the crowd to see to see Eric around Perry Bar. And again, I think I think I think Birmingham is strong. You know, the, the David has, has, has signed well. Um, having Paco Castagna at reserve, you know, on his day, Paco could go out and beat everybody in the field. So it'll be it'll be a good meeting. And and, and obviously uh, Eric Riss against his, his former club. Yeah, well, we've been catching up with Eric Riss. He's been speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, Eric Riss, obviously, since uh, the 2019 season, it's been uh, a long journey for yourself. A lot of uh, hard personal decisions have had to be made. Just how tough was last year for yourself? Yeah, it was really tough at first. I mean, I ended up having no meetings at all. You know, a few other guys were riding in, in, in Europe as well, so at least they had something. But 
most of the UK guys just uh, had the UK and we were we ended up with nothing um, and at, at first it was really hard for myself because you if you felt like you were standing on you were standing still and everyone else was improving but once I got over that those kind of those kind of thoughts I, I focused on my training and I, I used the time off to become even better yeah um, for yourself as well there was obviously that hard decision when riders didn't know whether to uh, commit to British Speedway at first that was something you weren't going to do this year and then uh, a late change of heart sees you back with Kings Lynn and joining Birmingham in the championship as well yeah well last year in December I was signed up with Redcar and uh, it went into January and things were still looking really bad I mean the vaccine wasn't out yet um, there was no plan for the league yet and I was stressing because the year before I was waiting for so long in the UK to, to get started um, and eventually nothing happened. And last year I, uh, I, I turned down other offers in Europe and um, I didn't want the same to happen again and be without meetings completely. So I made the decision to uh, sign in Scandinavia. <laughs> a bit after I had done that, things started to look a lot better in the UK and it started to look really promising. So... You know, for me, it was that decision wasn't so hard as turning down the UK because I always want to ride in the UK because where I'm at in Speedway, for me, the UK is the best thing. Riding two leagues, having bike time, you know, and also I have to earn money somewhere. Yeah, meetings under your belt with Kings Lynn already. Um, obviously, Miss Birmingham's opener, but your first meeting for Birmingham going to be against Red Car. Obviously, the, the team you were due to ride for in 2020, you won the championship riders individual um, in 2019 with them as well. So, going to be a, an interesting debut for Birmingham. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I'm really excited. I don't know why. When you ride against your former clubs, it's just a bit you know, more exciting because I know all the riders there really well. Um, and, uh, you know, I was used to riding with them, but now I'm riding against them. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah, um, and at, at Birmingham as well, got Chris Harris as the number one. Uh, do you feel you can challenge him for that number one race jacket this year? Yeah, definitely. That's my, that's my only goal all year. That's Eric Riss there who's uh, detailing the thought process that he's had over the close season, originally deciding to give Britain a miss this year and gave up his team places, but then changed his mind. And that uh, ultimately turned out to be at the benefit of a couple of clubs, one of which is uh, the Birmingham Brummies, Lee. So that was good news for you. Yeah, huge, huge benefit to, to Birmingham. It's been, a, it's been such a, a horrible time for everybody. You know, you're, you're, you're trying to sort your, your personal lives out because everybody's been affected in some way with what's going on. And when you, you chuck into the mix racing speedway across Europe, it's, it, it really is it really is a crazy time for everybody. And, and the fact that he got himself into a position where he could commit, I think is great for the sport over here to have to have out racing. You know, he's, he's quality, quality rider. Um, and it's exactly what Birmingham were in were in need of was that was that big hitter up at number one. Um, we saw Adam Ellis step into those that that position for Birmingham a partway through the season last year and transform the team. And, and and I think Eric being in that position where you've got somebody you know can can hit double figures on a regular basis just eases the pressure on the riders underneath him like James Shane's and and, and Ash Morris. So yeah, it's it's, it's a great signing, and we're, we're extremely pleased that that, that, that Eric has, has has made the commitment to race over here. 
Next up for the Birmingham Brummies are the Red Car Bears, who got their championship season underway with, um, well, two fixtures against Edinburgh over the course of the bank holiday weekend. First on Friday, the return on Teesside on Sunday. Both fixtures finishing 45 all, so absolutely no splitting the Bears and the Monarchs. Robin Allen went to the Media Prima Arena. We're going to hear from Jade Mudgeway, the team manager of the Red Car Bears, in just a few moments. But first, let's hear from Charles Wright, the team captain. The way the track was... Uh... Um, we obviously had two and four, which is hard in the first couple of races, but then the gates went better as two and four were better. So the way it worked out, we were always off the wrong sort of gates and we were just struggling getting off the starts today. But, you know, the track wasn't the same as normal and obviously it was such a hot day, it was hard to get the water in and, you know, it was overwatered and then it was icy and then it, it was just a bit inconsistent, not what we used to. So it probably suited the away boys a bit more and... But, you know, we'll take a draw. We drew up there, so it's like, you know, we've won a meeting. So, it, yeah, we'll take that. Now, you look at the performance of James Sargent down at reserve, and it was brilliant stuff. Yeah, James, you know, he's uh, got a lot of experience on his side now. So, uh, you know, he's good to have at reserve. And, you know, he had a good one at Edinburgh, a good one today. So, you know, Jordan Jenkins is doing well. And also, we can't fault the boys here. Just... If we're all firing at once, I don't think anyone will beat us, but, you know, it's early days and everyone's uh, starting off again. Then you look at Anders Rowe, it was a bit of an up-and-down meeting for him, but that win where he went from fourth to first, that was someone else. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, Anders is uh, probably, you know, if he was at reserve, the, easily the best reserve in the league, but, you know, he's still a strong in the team as well. You know, he's banging the points in in the top league, uh, this league, so it's good to have him in the team. And then for Tofty, it was a tough one because he just was just struggling out the start, as like I said earlier. Yeah, like I said, you know, the way the track was and that, it was very hard to get right and, it, you know, it's no one's fault. You know, it's the weather, that's what it does sometimes, but, you know, uh, I don't think we have any afternoon meetings for a while where it's uh, as hot as this because we're used to running at, like, half seven when it's a bit cooler, so, you know, the moisture stays in the, uh, the track, so. And obviously they did the, the best that they can and, and they were there was a lot of breaks where they were working on the track and in the end... They, they got it so it was easy for you to ride and it wasn't so then it was icy. Yeah, yeah like I say when whoever went out when they just walked the track it was a bit icy but after then you know uh, we probably should have left it a bit after it was watered just let us settle in a bit so it dries out a bit and but you know you've got to get on with the meeting as well and you know the fans you don't want them sat around waiting there uh, all day. And then you look at E15 and that, that was a massive race and you did the business, you, you went and, and got the win, and but you were under a lot of pressure from Richie there. Yeah, I, you know, Richie was making it work around the inside, I was heading for the dirt but there was there was nothing out there so I come back to the inside and then, uh, you know, he, he weren't going to go around because the inside was the quickest line so... Uh, yeah, we got, you know, we got the draw, I got the win, and it's a confidence boost for myself, and, you know, we still got a draw, it's not a loss. Thank you. 
So there's Charles Wright there uh, making the point about getting a bit of confidence under his belt. It has been a long time. He did sit out the previous season. It's been a long time. And uh, I think all eyes have been on Charles, haven't they, Lee? Because he's got that place, of course, in the Bellevue Aces lineup as well. And uh, maybe it will take a little time to, to fully find the groove. No, and I think a lot of that is 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 potentially down to the expectation. When you when you you know you win that British Championship, suddenly your your bar is raised, and you've you've you, you're getting more eyes looking at you, and, and that's exactly what he's got. But he's class act. We've seen it. We've seen him beat every, like you say, we've seen him beat everybody, especially you know the 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 the, the two divisions that he's in over here at the moment, the the, the riders he's up against. He can beat them all. And uh, again, when you've had that period of time off the bike, it's for it's it's not easy for everybody just to jump back on and go again. Some people will take a little bit longer to find their feet, find their wheels, and and get comfortable with it. And I think that's the case the case here. But we've got no question that, he, that he'll end up being a a, a class act again. This this year. I've got no question about that. Well, the red card team boss Jade Mudgeway thinks the Bears should have been taking all of the points away. Disappointed really. I think uh, we were we should have had the win there but maybe got caught out by conditions, a little bit unlucky but uh, we should be good enough to get on top of that but we will for the next one. It's just just the first match in it. Everybody's a little bit rusty. So. Was it difficult for the fact at both meetings against Edinburgh you, you were in front and then you ended up sort of like getting clawed back? Yeah, well, I sort of knew that might happen when we were at Edinburgh um, because their one, number one and number five are, are, are so good around there. Um, so really, when you come to heat 13 and you come to heat 15, they should have clawed us back a little bit. Um, Charles seemed to hit his form a bit more today. Um, with a class rider like that, he's always going to work his work it out and, and get back to the front. So that was good to see. I think uh, next week, a night meeting, things will be different. We can get a bit more moisture in the track and our, our riders will like it a bit more because our biggest asset is this track. So. And the riders were, were struggling out in the start as well. Yeah, um, I think everyone is just a little bit more up and down out the start at the minute with the new tyres. There's, there's nothing wrong with the new tyres, but it's just different. So everybody has to find their setup, find their sweet spot. So they'll get there, it'll just take them a bit more time. Then you look at James Sargent at reserve and he's showing that he, he's got experience in this league now and he's a powerhouse down there. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I couldn't believe he was still around really when, when we needed someone on his average. Um, he's a class rider, he's got the experience. He was making good gates today and clever first bends. And when the track's a little bit like it was, a little bit slick and a little bit patchy in places, then that that's the perfect way to ride, isn't it? And I think he fully deserved his place in, in Heat 15. I think he, he just didn't quite get out in front of the gate in front of the other two, otherwise he, he'd have been in the point. There. And it's good experience for him because a rider like him, although he's got that experience, not often has he been picked for Heat 15, so it's a good experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I say he thoroughly deserved it tonight, um, got rider of the night, so yeah, I, I think uh, I think he'll kick on. He's got that experience, he really should be riding as a, as a number four um, with the experience he's got and the, and, the, and the talent that he's got, so I think he'll get there by the end of the year and he'll be that sort of rider. Then you look at Anders Rowe, that Every other track, he's been making starts, and then today he was having to do a lot of work from the back, and going from fourth to first, that was some effort. Yeah, um, he looked really impressive when he got it wound up, but I say I think conditions just just didn't quite work his way either. Um, that's a that's an experienced thing, but he's a class act, didn't he? And I think say when we get back to to normal meetings here, he'll have no problem with you banging in the points. And again, you look at Tofty, and Tofty again. He's beating himself up because he, he's struggling, and but it's one of them things, particularly with the, the day meetings, that speedways not the easiest when you're in the daytime. No, and I'd say Tofty was a, Tofty was our star at, at Edinburgh, wasn't he? Um, I think today he was unlucky. He seemed to get put out right after every track water, and and if you're getting 
both races, you know, two of your races straight after the watering, and you don't quite make a start, it's, it's hard work. Um, so I'm not, I'm not worried. I think the, the lads learned something today, and, and things will be different next week. And overall, you, you're pleased with the effort and the fact you, you dug deep at, at times and, and you showed the power that you can be. Yeah, um, I say there's still more to come from us, but I'm, I'm relatively happy. I think. Uh, We'll go away from here knowing we, knowing there's more to come and, and we didn't give everything we had tonight but the, the lads all put the effort in and I say to them before the match, you know, as long as we all give everything we've got, what can you ask for more? Well, the star men for the Edinburgh Monarchs have been Richie Worrell and Sam Masters and we're going to hear from them both now. And first of all, Richie Worrell certainly thinks that the development of the youth in British Speedway is starting to bear some fruit. The whole setup of it now is good, yeah. Um, it's with everything that's going on in British speed, I think it's opened a lot of doors for the British guys. Actually, you know, it's it's put more British guys in seats, and um, hey, back the Brits. You know, I'm all for it. And then, of course, you had Jordan Payne that came in as a guest, and he showed he, he's good around this track at Redcar. Brilliant guest, Jordan. I think he's. Uh, He's definitely going to want to watch um, in British speed as, you know, as he gets older and rides more. Uh, cracking guest, did a good job for us, brilliant job actually. Um, yeah. And it, it was like what I was saying to some people earlier that these riders, they need a chance in the championship and once they get it, you've just got to ride the wave and you'll be rough patches, there'll be good patches. Yeah, I you've mean, got to make the best of it. Of course, you know, you, this sport's very difficult to learn because I've come all the way in, there's a lot of effort gone into getting here and I've only ridden that bike for five minutes. You know, There's not much you can learn in five minutes so you've got to ride as much as you can and ideally with better riders because you learn from them, even, you know, even just being in the pits. So yeah, they do. They need to be in this league and they need to be in the league above as well just to learn off them. It's only where they're going to get better. Now, for you at Edinburgh, it's good to, to have Speedway back and, and it was great to have the fans back in the stadium on Friday. Of course it was, yeah. Uh, it'd be nice to see more, but obviously once restrictions ease, hopefully there will be. Um, but definitely good to be back. As Richie Worrell speaking with Robin Allen. And while Robin was in the pits, he grabbed a chat with the Edinburgh Monarchs captain, Sam Masters, who himself scored 16 points uh, in that fixture. And he says it was an all-round team performance, though. The team's got to do their job and everyone's doing their job. So um, we can't complain, that's for sure. It's, uh, I think um, we should have a good season. So... After beating a good, or having a draw with a good uh, red car team, it's can't complain. Now, obviously in the, in the team this year, you've got a few people in there that are, are still learning, and, and you, with your experience, is only going to be good for them. Yeah, that's it. It's my job to help the, the guys out, and um, as well as I'm captain, I'll help, help them all out. But we all work together good. We're all getting on pretty well, and um, yeah, that makes it fun, and that, that brings points too, I think. And obviously, you were without Joe Lawler, and... Jordan Palin steps in and, and what a guest, he, he's got a big future. Yeah, he's he, what a rider. He um, took him a couple of races to get un, get it sorted, but he was good in the end and um, he helped us big time today. And that's Sam Masters, the Edinburgh captain, chatting with Robin Allen. Next up for the Edinburgh Monarchs, they've got another Northeast double header weekend because on Friday they host the Newcastle Diamonds with the return on Sunday at Bruff Park. Newcastle have parted company with manager Darren Hartley, meanwhile, on a dramatic press day at Bruff Park. The Diamonds have appointed Nigel Hinchliffe as their new boss, but they've also got a fitness doubt over number one Ben Barker, who suffered broken fingers in a practice crash 
during the press and practice session. So needless to say, that press and practice didn't go exactly to plan, but uh, we'll see what happens with the Newcastle Diamonds. Good luck to them on their opening meetings for this weekend. Also, uh, one of the upcoming fixtures later this week, it's uh, one involving your team, Lee. You're uh, making the trip from Eastbourne to Scunthorpe on Friday night and uh, a new experience for you there as well. Yeah, a track I've never been to. Uh, obviously, with, with Swindon, we've, we've, we've never, we've never you know, crossed swords with with um, uh, with, with Scunthorpe. So I'm, I'm pleased to be doing it with Eastbourne and it's, it's a track never visited. Looking forward to it. Um, it'll be it'll be a good meeting and we, we've seen what Plymouth uh, achieved up there not long back and the boys will be all over it you know the, the guys are just dying for more activity more action more racing we had a we had a great opener against Paul the other night where we we sold out um, uh, in terms of crowds so it was a great atmosphere it went down to a last heat decider um, started off with a five nil against so the, the guys are all up for it you know we're just keen to get out and race as much as we can now and and get everybody back dialed in as they say while you're enjoying the hospitality of Rob Godfrey at Scunthorpe, the other fixture will be Glasgow versus Poole. And um, as a fancied team yourself with Eastbourne, you would fully expect that Glasgow and Poole are going to be there or thereabouts come the reckoning. I would say they both are. We, we know they'll be up. We, you know, we're confident in Eastbourne that we'll be up at the top end of the table. And, and we see both of those sides you know, up there as well. Both very strong. And speaking about Poole, they were, they were superb at, at Arlington the other night. They... You know, they turn. They, it's one of those again. They've turned up. They've been, most of the boys have not had a lot of activity. And and to be fair to them, they just they just got out there, got on, and and, and I think you know what you're going to get from the likes of Rory Schlein and Danny King, uh, Stevie Worrell. Um, but I was very impressed with, with with other riders in the makeup of their team too. I thought Daniel Hume rode really well. Again, Daniel hasn't had that much activity, but I thought he did really well at reserve, and, and he'll be getting good support down there from from Danny and Matt Ford and, and Midlow. Um, so going up to Glasgow, I think that's going to be a great fixture. Yeah, it'll be a great fixture. Really, a really close one, I would think. Um, and like you say, they'll both be up there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Time will tell, of course. Good luck in those fixtures as we're heading towards this weekend in the Championship. Next, we're going to turn our attention to the National Development League. Been another busy week for uh, Leicester in particular. And we're going to hear from Dave Howard, the Leicester Cubs boss. We'll also hear from Nathan Greaves of the Armadale Devils as well. All on the way here on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan. My special guest helping us host this week's episode and looking at all the action is Lee Kilby, who is the co-promoter at Eastbourne. And yesterday um, you were in action um, in the National Development League, Lee, with the Eastbourne Seagulls who were taking on the Kent Royals and it ended all square, 45-45, but Eastbourne going away with that extra point there, two points to Eastbourne, one to Kent. And it must have been a satisfactory afternoon on the South Coast for you. It was a great, it was a great opener for all concerned I would have thought I spoke to Len Silver afterwards and and he was really happy he was happy with his crowd he was happy with the way the meeting went um, and I think the draw was a fair result it was it was some superb racing from from all the riders again a lot of them quite rusty not have much activity so to go out and and put on a meeting where they all rode well and what was what was great to see was a couple of the the, the younger riders the likes of Josh Warren for for, for Kent and, and Dan O'Verge for ourselves they haven't had much activity um, and they just they just 
just took the time, took it steady, and you could see the word from the management had been, you know, go out, get used to it, you know, get a feel for it and, and build on it, and you've got the support no matter what you score. And I think everybody everybody left left Kent yesterday with a point um, in terms of the riders, and, and for us, for Eastbourne to get two away points, I thought was a, was a cracking result for us. It really was. Bit of um, bad news with, with Henry Atkins coming out through the course of this last week as well, which is a huge blow to the team, isn't it? Yeah, he is, he is. Henry was there yesterday. He's, he's that kind of type of lad, and he lives near Richie Richie Andrews anyway. So he'll probably be coming to a lot of the meetings. But he, when when I moved into to Eastbourne into the role, and I was looking at the two sides, I couldn't believe Henry's average at NDL level because he's he's he's, he's, he's way way better than the average that he's got. And I think huge things were expected of him in 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 that in that position but sadly he picked up very the, the, the incident was so innocuous you know uh, didn't even hit a bump didn't hit the fence just the shoulder popped as he was coming down the end of the straight um but he's going to have it operated on he was really positive yesterday said look you know it is what it is you've got to you've got to deal with it and crack on um but he was in the pits he was moving around all the riders yesterday and supporting all of them he was he was changing changing wheels and working on change it was great to see and it was really good team spirit but we we knew that in you know in in, in Dano Verge there's a rider there that, that was in the plans initially at the start of the year who has stepped back in and was fantastic last night you know himself and, and Connor King I'll give a big pat on the back too for their performances at, at, at Kent because you know they stepped in and, and scored really really strongly in that middle order of the team and that's what gets you results so yeah really pleased that's a shame for Henry but we we know he'll be back um, with the Seagulls next year and, and and you know he's got a big future ahead of him Henry. And a couple of new teams, of course, in the National League this year, particularly the Berwick Bullets and, and Armadale. Um, it, it's always great to visit new tracks and always great to get new teams back in Speedway. Yeah, definitely. We talk about, we t- and I know they're, they're second teams of other teams. We talk about losing Somerset to the sport. But then, you know, we must look at the teams that are, that are trying to, to, to develop and, and add National League teams into their to their clubs. And it's, it's great because it just gives more and more riders the opportunity to to ride and that's what it's all about and and that's what I liked about the Eastbourne project was that there's an MSDL set up there's the National League there's the Championship you know we, we're offering riders of all the different levels of the sport an opportunity to race and it's great that other clubs have come on board and are, are doing that as well I know the Premiership have got their own um, Development League activity going on as well this year which offers riders the opportunity which is fabulous so it's good I think there's um it's it, it's it's a nice division I, I really enjoy working at that National League level because it's great to help riders of that level, you know, just with different aspects. I can't tell them how to ride the bike. My father told me very soon on in life that it wasn't for me. So that's not my not my speciality. But, you know, I know how the sport works. I know the mentality of a rider, what they go through. And it's nice to be able to, to work with them at that level. Looking at some of the results from across the weekend in the National Development League on Friday, the Bellevue Colts um, avenged a first leg of that tie victory for the Berwick Bullets, 51-38. Harry McGurk top scoring for the Colts with 13. And another max for Leon Flint. He's absolutely flying in that league with uh, the 15 points. And then on Saturday, it was the Leicester Cubs versus the Armadale Devils. It was an incident-packed evening which saw Joe Lawler have to withdraw from the meeting. So concerns for him uh, at both at uh, Leicester and at Edinburgh. And Dave Rowe was there. He caught up with the team boss. Dave Howard. Dave, I don't know where to start. They're very eventful indeed, um, but probably a night where third places were as important as race wins. Yes, obviously it was very, uh, as you say, very eventful with George Rotherian and obviously Joe, um, Joe having to pull out Joe Lawler and uh, uh, and obviously a couple of the crashes as well whilst races were going on. So, uh, uh, but overall a 
you know, a solid team performance again. Dan and Joe leading the way. Uh, and uh, obviously uh, Tom Spencer as well. Again, a really solid performance scoring in every race and a couple of wins. And a uh, great debut for Ben. Uh, and uh, Kai as well, even that race when, you know, he, Greg and Miller got past him and he got past him again. So, so no, a good, uh, a good team performance, as it were. You could almost feel the crowd willing Ben on to get that 5-1 in 8-14, couldn't you? Yeah, I think there's a, a, a large amount of Ben's family are here tonight, so <laughs> they were very vocal. And uh, obviously everybody, you know, likes to see somebody who's so young coming in and, uh, you know, really putting it in between riders in the in the first meeting so you know great performance from Ben for, for his first team meeting after his British youth victory last night how is, is Joe Lauder obviously he's been looking for a race win he got one but clearly at the start of that race he did some damage yeah it's uh, he says it's a, it's a wrist injury that uh, kind of flares up occasionally but it's uh, it, it's not broken it's it's more a muscle type thing and uh, you know, previously he said when he's iced it, it goes off and he's okay again. Mm. Uh, but uh, obviously he'll see how he is over the next uh, couple of days. Obviously he's got Edinburgh meetings coming up before mm. our meeting at Berwick next week. Well, I was going to mention that a very busy weekend coming up, home and away against Berwick. No time to really turn around too much in between. So you'll need to know, especially from him, what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's going to try and get it looked at. Uh, I think in a walking centre tomorrow. So uh, hopefully he'll have some news uh, news after that. Sure. And just finally, we were all hoping that Dan Thompson would get his 18 point maximum because he rode superbly against Nathan Greaves. Didn't quite make it in heat 15, but again, it shows how, how fast they're both progressing. Oh yes, I mean, after their you know after their performances last night at uh, at Scunthorpe for the Lions, you know, really strong, both getting points from the back and. Uh, and tonight, again, leading the way. Yeah, it would have been nice for Dan to get his 18, but uh, 16 is a is a really good score as well, and he's happy with that. So, sure. quick word on those on those Berwick uh, meetings. Uh, they're a team again. It's going to be tough at home with the likes of uh, Flint and Bickley. They can win races anywhere. What, what do you think to expect from them? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously uh, a track that they're good on at home. Um, you know, I think uh, I think virtually everybody on our team has ridden there in in the youth championships and the. I think the other 21s last year as well so uh, you know I think they'll be it could be it could be a tough meeting there but uh, so we'll be looking to at least come away with a point so not uh, the entire perfect meeting for the Armadale Devils victory going the way of the Leicester Cubs but it was the Armadale Devils who finished the meeting on a high with a 5-1 in heat 15 Nathan Greaves was the first man over the line the captain of the Armadale Devils has been chatting to Dave Rowe yeah it's good to finish on a high with a 5-1 it's a shame that we lost by 10 still I think we're just so close but so far away um, you know I've said it before we're going to grow everyone's going to grow in, into the season if you like it's a lot of Leeds boys first time even being in a team but have to finish with a win as well. I noticed you were quite busy in the pits during the meeting, talking to the younger lads, less experienced lads, because it's a learning curve for them. Yeah, I remember. Well, it's still a learning curve for me. I mean, I'm doing, you know, the same in the higher leagues, going asking, you know, the number ones and fives for advice. So I remember when it was my first year in the national league, and I didn't have a clue what I was doing, and I appreciated anyone helping me. So, you know, it wouldn't feel good when they helped someone. Just a shame that George Robbery had that big crash in his first ride. I know he rode on, but I'm sure if he hadn't had that crash, he'd have scored lots more. Yeah, I think it just shook him up a bit. You know, it's, it's bad when you have a bad first ride. It's good to get a win in, in your first ride, and it sort of sets you up for the meeting. And, you know, it's a shame he only, he only come with one bike. I mean, I'm sure he's doing his best, but, you know, ideally he needs two because I presume that bike was Ben. But, you know, it, it'll come good. I mean, he's got so much natural talent, and like I say, we're all going to grow. 
Now, you had a couple of battles with Dan Thompson in heat 11 and 13. He got the better of you, but then heat 15, you must have been really determined for that one. Yeah, I was just making bad first corners. I made every single start and just took it for granted a bit that I made the start and I won. Um, but no, you're not taking any, anything away from uh, Dan. You know, he rode well, but you know, just a shame I made them a couple of mistakes. But like I say, I finished off with a win, so only as good as your last race. Like you said, you've, we've seen you for, for a while on a national level, but is it important for you to carry on with the track time? You're doing championship as well, to have those two team places both at the same club? Yeah, well, I never really saw a stamp my authority on the National League. Um, you know, I, I only finished with an eight average, and I, didn't, I felt like I had some you know, unfinished business. I want to, you know, do, do as good as I can in this National League and like, leave it behind. So I'm happy to be here. It's more bike time, like you say. And, um, you know, just got to keep on, and hopefully we can get some results as a team. So that's Nathan Greaves of the Armadale Devils chatting with Dave Rowe. Armadale next in action on Sunday when they take on the Newcastle Gems at six o'clock. And we've got um, two fixtures between Leicester and Berwick to look forward to. Berwick v Leicester at Shieldfield Park on Saturday and then on Sunday the return back at Leicester at 6pm. So that's in the National Development League. The other fixture on Sunday that just to touch on uh, Lee is the British Under-21 semi-final at Mildon Hall. A few of the um, Eastbourne Seagulls involved in this. Well, Henry Atkins was due to be one of them. Of course, he's injured. But Nathan Ablett and Chaz Wurtsfield are going to be involved. And some other big names in there as well, like uh, Jordan Palin, Harry McGurk. It looks like an exciting lineup, doesn't it? Yeah, looking looking at the lineup, it's a, it's a strong field. I mean, Jake Mulford yesterday at Kent had an exceptional meeting. And he won his first three or four, three rides for sure. Might have been the first four rides, but but looked superb. Um, and, and Nathan Ablett is, is a rider of that of that type. He's in he's in the reserve spot for us down there in NDL level, but he's exceptional. Um, Chad Chad is, is is great on the grass and is really starting to now make strides in speedway. But when you look at that lineup, you know you've got Jake Mulford in there, you've got Jordan Jenkins, Jordan Palin, you know McGurk, Parkinson, Blackbird. It's a strong it's a strong field. That'll be a, that'll be a cracking meeting down there, and and we hope Nathan and and, and can, Chad can do the business and and finish near the top of the field. Absolutely. Best of luck to everybody involved in that. There's also another qualifier coming up uh, for the under-21 final at Newcastle in the coming week or two as well. So we'll probably preview that one uh, next week. But my thanks to Lee Kilby, co-promoter at Eastbourne, um, also involved with the Brummies and uh, co-promoter, of course, at Swindon, which we hope to see back uh, in the near future. But good luck for this season and uh, hope everything continues on a, on an upward trajectory, onwards and upwards, and Speedway is back. Yeah, thank you very much. And, and again, just a, a big thank you to all the Speedway fans up and down the country that have come back into stadiums already and put the confidence in us that we're all doing the right thing because we need them. And it, it's great that they're all stepping back into the arenas whether they've got to wear masks and social distance or whatever the limitations are at each stadium i can guarantee every promoter is incredibly grateful for their for their support and attendance so let's keep it going and let's 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 go from strength to strength this year my thanks to lee kilby for joining us on no breaks no fear this week as our special guest join us next tuesday for the next one we will have all the reaction from the big premiership matches on the monday and so those fixtures look like this the main one on eurosport is going to be wolverhampton versus sheffield from monmore green at 7 30. the other fixtures on monday night peterborough versus kings lynn and bellevue versus ipswich and uh, we will have all the reaction from all three of those matches here on no Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast on Tuesday. 
And keep up to date with your favourite club in the meantime online at speedwaygb.co.uk. All the results, all the fixtures and all the reports and news as it breaks from your club. And you can get a little audio news bulletin as well, uh, which is on the front page. So you can just click on that and have a listen to it to save you the, uh, to save you the reading. If you haven't got the time for that, stick it on in the background or you can ask your smart speaker as well. And we'll catch you next Tuesday. Have a great week. Hopefully you're able to get down to a track and we'll see you next Tuesday at 8 for another episode. No Breaks No Fear is produced by Nigel Pearson Media Limited for British Speedway. No Breaks No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.